Welcome back to the Black Letter Podcast. We set out to create an entertaining and exciting podcast about law and business, and I think we've done it. Black Letter, the name, comes from the Gothic typeset that was originally used in the Gutenberg Press. Over time, Black Letter became the only font that English law books were printed in. Everything else was printed in regular type. It made it harder for kind of the common person to understand what the English law books said. Black Letter came to represent something that was law, that was set in stone, that was sort of old and a well-settled fundamental principle of law. We're here to demystify Black Letter law. We're here to demystify things that happen in business and law and where those two meet. And I hope you have fun listening. Thank you for joining us on the Black Letter Podcast official. You were the first podcast uh, guest, and I guess I was sort of a guest. We were both guests of Sundance TV last time. And this is now episode right. 12, or season one, episode two, one or the other. Um, so very exciting. Uh, I don't know if you've looked at any of our podcasts. Probably you've seen them all because they're so amazing. Or listened to all of them, I'm sure. Um, but welcome, and thanks for joining us on the Black Letter Podcast. Thank you. Uh, I'm happy to be a part of it again. Uh, I remember that first podcast, which was epic, I think, uh, probably mainly because of the setting and potentially the whiskey, but uh, glad to be back. The whiskey, warm Coke, and then the fact that you and I scored ice cubes in the middle of the podcast from the soundboard guy, which was fantastic. Was, it was amazing. Absolutely yeah. amazing. So Ryan, uh, introduce Ryan. So Ryan was a marketing guy at LegalZoom, and now he's the boss of everything at LegalZoom. I understand you got a promotion, and you're pretty much in charge of, I heard through the grapevine, you're in charge of everything, right? Uh, it close. It, it falls just shy of everything. Okay. So so what what is your new title? What is your official? Is it president of, not the United States, that's Donald Trump. So what what's your title? Right. It's not, it's not POTUS. Uh, my new title here at LegalZoom is VP of Marketing. Uh, I'm, I'm mainly focused on our channel marketing, uh, content and product marketing here at LegalZoom. So that, not POTUS, that would be Volmas. VP Marketing LegalZoom. Yeah. Vol, Volmas? Yeah, it, Volmas? Doesn't, it doesn't roll off the tongue quite as well, but, but I close. I don't know. get used to it, Volmas. Um, so congratulations, Ryan. That's fantastic. I'm super excited. Thank uh, you. So um, today we were going to talk about kind of you are the, and I've heard kind of tongue in cheek, people at LegalZoom say, not LegalZoom, marketing Zoom, right? Because you're focused <laughs> on connecting, but, but I think it's good. So, so take a step back. You, you kind of, people like marketing Zoom, ha, 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 that's not great. But really is you're connecting with customers at a different level, I think, than um, law firms. And so a lot of lawyers deride LegalZoom and say, well, this is a, a bad thing for law because you're commoditizing it. And and I'll just say this, I support it. And I'll, I'll tell you why. I was talking to Bobby Edinger and Ellis Bennett, both partners at my law firm. And I said, and they're both like, well, LegalZoom, neither of them are involved at all with LegalZoom. And really on the consumer side, they're debarment and national security and cybersecurity. And LegalZoom doesn't do that. But what I kind of explained to them is why are you paying a lawyer $2,000 for a company that is going to make $2,000 in its first two years of business, you know, doing something, uh, kind of a startup thing, right? You, you don't need that level of, of law skill. And there's, so I think there's a, a great place for LegalZoom. And I kind of wanted to hear from you, like, what, tell, tell me about it and how does it fit with, with law? Where do we go from here? 
Yeah, well, you you kind of touched on it, you know, the original founding mission. And, um, you know, I've, I've been at LegalZoom almost nine years. So, you know, heard many stories from our co-founders back in the day. We're, we're about 18 years old now. And the original idea was just around accessibility and affordability uh, for, you know, the regular people in America uh, to, to really take care of things that they need to take care of and, and not have to spend a ton of money out of pocket, but, you know, feel like they're, they're getting the right thing or, you know, to fulfill their needs, uh, getting a, a proper amount of service. So what we really tried to do is focus on the customer. You know, um, I think, I think one of the feelings was that the legal industry was dominated by lawyers Right. Uh, by attorneys and 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 the people who make the laws for for each state, and it was really uh, separated from the customers. You know, the the people, your clients that that are in need of it. So that was the original idea. You know, we we had gone through uh, you know the tech boom, the the dot com boom, and and you know technology was disrupting a lot of industries. And our original co founders said, "Why not legal? You know, we we can do this." There there were a couple. Uh, recent graduates from from UCLA Law School, Brian Liu and Brian Lee, and and they really had a great idea to, uh, you know, make this accessible to people, make it make law for everyday people, and and kind of put the put the law in their own hands, which was one of our original taglines. Do you do you remember that? Um, what was the song? I am everyday people. Wasn't that like uh, same band that did Tennessee? Do you remember that? I feel like that should be that would be a cool theme song. Just throwing it out there as VP of marketing. I am everyday people. Remember that? <laughs> Maybe not. I, I do know, remember that. Yeah, yeah. So th- think about it. You can use that. It's free. Uh, so, so LegalZoom. You're now <laughs> you're old enough to vote, but you're not old enough to drink. Is that about kind of where you see uh, kind of the progress or the direction of the company? What's the direction? What's the next thing for LegalZoom as a company? I, I we we know LegalZoom does documents, and uh, people can go there and and kind of self plan an estate. They can self-file a trademark yeah. or a provisional patent. They can self, I think in California, they can self-divorce. You can't divorce yourself, but they can divorce their spouses <laughs> uh, using some of LegalZoom's uh, processes and products. What, what's the next big thing for you guys? Well, we're, we're really focused on small business. Uh, that's, that's a large percentage of our, of our volume. Um, you know, we also do a lot of, you know, help with estate plans for people, wills and trusts. Uh, you mentioned intellectual property, something that, that you're very involved with. But, you know, really, a lot of people are starting their own businesses and, and it speaks to the economy and just the, the, the state of employment in general. So what we're laser focused on is how we can help entrepreneurs, you know, people looking to start their own businesses, not only, you know, get set up, do the proper formation, you know, make sure everything is all taken care of through the Secretary of State, which which we help them uh, a great deal with and have over the years. But the the new focus is how can we help you run your business? You know, it, there's there's a lot that goes on after the formation. The first three three months of, of starting any business are critical. You know, getting established, getting everything set up the right way. Are you hiring employees? Uh, do you need tax consultations? Do you need insurance? We're, we're starting to focus and, and have been actually for a couple of years on, you know, what are the other ancillary services? You know, it, it might not have to do with legal or the law, but it's, it's the stuff that I need to take care of when I'm running a business. How can we 
help people, refer out services, you know, be a brand that people can trust, uh, get the right partnerships, fulfill a lot of those things ourselves, and really create a lot of value over the lifetime of a business and a business owner. Okay. So, so when you say um, ancillary services, so now you've, you've kind of morphed, it's, it's called LegalZoom, but you're now providing connection to or services for really for businesses, kind of business Zoom. I don't know if you guys have that trademark reserved yet. Maybe again, another thing you should think about as your side brand. But uh, so you talked about insurance. Is that business insurance, I guess? Is that? Yeah, business uh, insurance. Yeah. Okay. And then the tax advice, how does that work? You guys actually provide tax because a lot of lawyers, myself included, if you ask me a tax question, um, I, I get a little nervous. I don't generally give tax advice. Um, so what do your customers do to get tax advice through LegalZoom? Well, we've, we've actually had a partner, 1-800-ACCOUNTANT, uh, that we've worked with for many years. And you know, the, as far as the, the mechanism goes to you know, refer customers, our customers to them and, and vice versa, you know, we're, we're still working that out and, and trying to make the smoothest experience possible. But that's just an example of how we can refer a business owner or even, you know, just someone looking to shore up their estate plan or work on their, their personal taxes. Uh, gotcha. That's one of the ways that we can help them. Yeah. Now, if somebody comes to LegalZoom and their estate plan or their business needs uh, exceed what you think they can self-perform or you think they exceed kind of and not that you think that, but they're they need more, and they come to your brand for yeah. help. What what does LegalZoom do? What's your path to success for those businesses? So, and and that's been a big big part of the evolution of LegalZoom as well. You know, when we started 18 years ago, it was all about documents. You know, that's that's what people knew us for is just oh yeah, that's the place you go. You know, do the easy to fill out documents. You know, it's it's self guided help. Uh, you know, we'll, they'll help you file, and and that's about it. But really. What you're talking about is is legal advice. You know, people do need specific advice to their situation. You know, they need guidance that that speaks directly to them. So, what we've established over the years uh, with law firms uh, such as yours, uh, you know, we've we've maintained partnerships across all 50 states. We've built an an attorney network that's that's made up of independent attorneys, and we refer our customers to those attorneys when they need some guidance. Uh, you know, it could be in conjunction with uh, the services that we've provided them, you know, with their business formation or their, their will or trust, or it could be a number of other things. I, I mentioned all the other kind of ancillary things that, that come along with running a business. You know, you can get advice for all those things, you know, the legal hurdles that pop up day to day. So uh, we've, we've partnered with that independent attorney network to fulfill those needs. Okay. So what do you see then? today, um, what is the, the biggest challenge for small businesses that, that LegalZoom sees? And is that a role? I, to me, it seems like their biggest challenge is what do they really want to do? What is a good business decision? And where do they get capital from? Obviously, they have to fill that legal void, but, um, but those seem to be the biggest challenges. Is that something that LegalZoom is, is involved in, like helping them make decisions about their business generally? Um, from a planning perspective, because I, I see all the time just horrible business ideas, right? Um, and so I guess the, yeah. the fear or concern would be, well, I'm going to make t-shirts in my basement with a big marijuana leaf. And, and my, my dream is that it'll make me millions of dollars. And I think there's a lot of, you know, probably misconception amongst 
people in the small business community or people who want to be in the small business community that that if you have a dream, you're going to be successful. Um, what is your kind of thought as somebody who who markets to those people? How do you, how do you uh, temper that with you know business decision process? And I know that's a hard question. Maybe it's an unfair question, but just curious if you have any kind of thoughts about that because it's it's an interesting question to me. Yeah, no, I mean you've you've hit on something that obviously isn't really a legal decision, or you know, it's it's not considered legal advice. But you know, I kind of I, I think it goes down the road of of mentorship almost. You know, help helping right. people plan and providing guidance for their business. Um, you know, there's there's a lot of partners out there. Uh, we we seek partnerships with with people that will help you build a business model, a, a, bus, a business plan. You know, to go out and seek fundraising. Um, I oh, think great. you're you're speaking to some more kind of fundamental, you know, problems of am I headed in the right direction? Am I crazy? Is is this just a good idea to me? Um, those things are, you know, almost entrepreneur coaching, I guess you could you could call it. But universal you know, problems of it's, mankind. It's common. Since it's, time immemorial, right? <laughs> exactly tackling the problems of mankind. Yeah, yeah. but you know, the, Maybe you're right. Those are common. Yeah. those are common <laughs> problems that people have. So. Um, you know, that that's part of what we're looking at, you know, beyond legal services, what can we offer people to create more value? And, and is it, you know, networking opportunities? Is it um, events where they can connect with other entrepreneurs and, and you know, bounce ideas off each other? Um, you know, we're, we're really looking at, uh, you know, becoming kind of a that, that point person or, you know, account manager, if you will, a, a concierge that, you know, that people can come to. And, and if they do have questions like that, we have the right partners, we have the, the right answers and, and directions to send them in. Well, fantastic. Let's stop for a moment and hear from our supporters. Thank you to our sponsor today, Dunlap, Bennett & Ludwig. Dunlap, Bennett & Ludwig solves complex business problems with smart solutions acting as advocates and advisors to their clients with diverse professional backgrounds from MBAs to PhDs to bankers to military officers, real-world experience for real-world problems. Dunlap, Bennett, and Ludwig doing better law. To find out more, visit www.dblawyers.com. Ryan, is there anything else you think that we should talk about today? I've, I've you know, elicited what, all the th thoughts that were on my mind as we sat here. Um, I noticed you have a fantastic studio there at LegalZoom with your, your, your whiteboard in the background. Um, but, you know, I feel the like blank as, the head, yeah. right, as the head of all of, of, of LegalZoom now, I feel like you should have like a kind of a grander, maybe a, a throne type of thing next time. I don't know. Um, we can talk about that, but just, just again, another, I've, I've asked a couple of people for that. Uh, I, you know, it, it's in process, but okay. we'll, we'll see I if mean, we can Fra get that in here. Frank is all about thrones, right? I feel like he would, he would just get you a throne if you asked him. He really is. I, I think yeah. he would be jealous of, of mine though, if, if I had one. Well, he just need a bigger one, right? Slightly bigger. <laughs> Very true. Yeah. Very true. That's all. I, I have thrones a question. Fine. Yeah. I, I have a question for you though, Tom. Uh, you know, I, I sit at my desk and and I'm always, you know, thinking about what are what are customers looking for, you know, the the view from an e-commerce business of of the legal landscape, but I'm curious, you know, from your perspective, uh being an attorney, working at a law firm, being a partner at a, at a at a law firm, you know, what's evolved for you over the years? Have you seen that 
the the customer is really becoming king in in the world of of law firms are you really having to approach it from a customer perspective differently than in the past well so i'll say this i think the thing that's evolved the most is access to knowledge and the ability for so so the ability to access knowledge on you know not just wikipedia but entrepreneur focused sites or business focused sites that tell people how to do the things that they could do to do what lawyers do. Literally, 10 years ago, you couldn't find a web page. Here's how you file a trademark. Here's how you search a trademark. Here's what a search report looks like. Here's how you do everything in great detail. And here are 10 videos on how to do it. Now there's so much content like that, that I think it's almost gone full circle where people are so overwhelmed by that content, they kind of want to talk to a lawyer again. So what's been interesting to me is that A, there's massive amounts of data out there, but sorting through what's valuable and what's not valuable. Um, and, and I think this is a place where LegalZoom could play a role as perhaps a curator of that kind of data as a source. And I think there are other organizations that should be involved with that. But access and the availability of that. And then the other thing I've seen with big law firms, and our firm's you know 70-ish lawyers, fairly big, with our bigger clients, when we compete against these bigger firms, um, the bigger firms... The dumbest thing you could say today as a lawyer, which five years ago I would have said every day of the week is, well, we deliver just as good services as that you know, Amlaw 100 firm, but at a better rate. Well, everybody says that now. And when corporate counsel calls their Amlaw 100 lawyer and says, hey, uh, they say they give better rates, that Amlaw 100 firm is like, we'll match those rates and we'll come up with something that makes you happy. That happens every day of every week. So that's the dumbest pitch a law firm could make now because- Big firms and small firms and medium-sized firms, everybody's thinking about competition and about the customer. It's no longer, oh, we have a big name, we're going to be your lawyers. They know that they have to compete. So I think that that, that at least in most law firms, that's the, the one of the bigger changes. And then, of course, access to all of this information, data and statistics about what law firms do and how law firms put themselves forward. And in fact, I'll just I'm, I know I'm rambling. One last thing I think is really interesting. So... I uh, left, I was a prosecutor and I left and joined a private practice and the firm I joined didn't have a website. And this was 1990, 2000, 2000. And I said, well, we should have a website. You know, we're, we're a small asset protection firm, six or seven lawyers. And they were like, well, that seems weird. I don't know what a website is, but I went ahead and made a website for the law firm, just like a one page website. Again, remember this is 20 years ago. And the other lawyers yeah. in, the, in the area, Northern Virginia, um, some of them were friends with my father at the time, and they said, we understand your son's law firm has a website. It's so disgusting. I, I mean, I think that's evolved, right? I don't think there's any law firm today For that sure. would say, oh my God, you have a website and email. It's interesting to hear that some really well-known and well-respected lawyers in the community then thought having a website and email was a disgusting thing. So uh, <laughs> so that's a big evolution. And I think I think firms are more rapidly accepting of technology uh, generally in the legal practice industry. Anyway, well, you were, it sounds like you were a, a marketing pioneer um, as far as law firms are concerned. Well, no, I just wasn't stupid. I think that's, there's, you know, <laughs> don't give me too much credit. I think that's kind of like a pretty <laughs> obvious stamp on the forehead kind of thing to miss. Uh, but lawyers, <laughs> lawyers can be obstinate and, and challenged with some of those things. Um, yeah. So anyway, um, so, so that's all yeah. I have. Uh, I don't know if my my answer was was satisfying, interesting, or gobbledygook, but 
it is what it is. No, it, it was good. I mean, you're, you were really speaking to value and, and, you know, people not necessarily being as concerned with, with price. You know, there's a wealth of information out there. Price is important, but value of service is, is really what it's all about. And, and, yeah. you know, a lot of the reports on, you know, the, the state of the legal industry that I've read really speak to, you know, people seeking out, you know, knowing they have a lot more options, but really where, where am I going to get the best value? You know, people are right. willing to invest a good amount of money if the service is there, yeah. if it's top notch. You know, it, it's not just completely commoditized to where, you know, the, the free or, or low price solution is the one to go with. But, um, you know, I, I think everyone's in a position, whether you're an e-commerce business, you know, kind of alternative legal provider like us or a law firm, you know, where it, it's really not a bad thing that everyone's raising the bar and, and saying, you know, we really just have to provide great value and great yeah. service to our customers. And, and that's the, the best way you're going to keep them and, and keep them coming back. Well, my, my one last, and I get no royalties from this, but I've recommended to other partners in my firm, there's a book called Selling the Invisible, which is really what you're doing as a lawyer. You're selling invisible things, you're selling services, and it's a challenge to wrap your head around. So if you haven't taken a look at it, I uh, I press it on. I'm sure you've heard of it. Um, but anyway, I have heard uh, of it. yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, it's kind of pretty, probably pretty well known. <laughs> so, and you're a marketing guy. You well now, heard of it now I'm actually going to read it though. I've I've heard of it. Now I'll actually read it, dude. It's short and it's like big words. It's like I mean, it literally takes like forty, probably two hours to read. So uh, I was surprised. You, the book looks kind of long, but then you open it up and it's you know. Not a whole lot of stuff in there, but it's pretty poignant and to the point. Basically, you're selling yourself and just some points around not being a weirdo when you sell yourself and how to get people to connect with you. <laughs> so kind of kind of pretty common that sense sounds, stuff, but it, it's a good, succinct summary of it. That, it sounds like what people need to know. Yeah. Well, thanks, Ryan. I appreciate it. And uh, I will circle up with you not when we're on camera. See how you're doing. And hearty congratulations to being the vice president of everything at LegalZoom. That's awesome. So. <laughs> Thank you very much, Tom. Good talking to you and uh, looking forward to seeing you soon. All right, man. Take care. That's all for today's episode of Black Letter. Thanks again for listening. Join us next time when we talk about more Black Letter issues in creative ways. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and Google Play so you never miss an episode. And to catch us on video, check out our website at blackletterstudios.com.